Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. everybody. Welcome to the Billboard on Broadway podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Millsoff, Deputy Features Editor at Billboard and Broadway fan extraordinaire here. So I think one of the most exciting things about pop music when new songs come out is getting to hear the very different artists who often show up on each other's tracks, whether they're co-vocalists or creative collaborators behind the scenes. And I think that's often one of the greatest joys of seeing a new Broadway show, too, You get to see all these different performers who you may have seen in previous shows or you may have wished that you saw on a show, and somehow for one show, they somehow end up on stage together. That's at least how I felt when I saw the casting for the new musical adaptation of Pretty Woman. In Julia Roberts' role as Vivian, there was Samantha Barks, who was totally my favorite part of the 2012 film of Les Miserables as Eponine. As Edward, the role made famous by Richard Gere, there was Andy Carl, who I had recently seen in Groundhog Day in a totally tour de force performance, and he also was on the podcast for that show. And as Kit, Vivian's friend, there was Orfe, who I always have regretted not getting to see in her breakout Broadway role as Paulette in Legally Blonde, and she also happens to be married to Andy Carl. And at the head of all of this was Jerry Mitchell, uh, the director and choreographer, who I think really excels at bringing kind of poppy material to life on stage. He was actually at the helm of the recent Gloria Stefan musical, On Your Feet, which I also covered on the podcast. On top of all of that, Pretty Woman may be one of the most pop music adjacent shows on Broadway right now. It is the first big musical by Brian Adams of Summer of 69 fame and his co-writer Jim Valance. That's one big reason that Pretty Woman is in the midst of a hit run at the moment. So I was excited to talk to Andy, Samantha, and Orfe about the close bonds they've developed. They are three of the most happy-to-be-together Broadway stars I've ever seen, and what it's like for them to sing Brian Adams' songs on stage every night. And one fun fact, uh, as you'll hear, we talked together uh, right after Rent sort of live aired on TV, And Pretty Woman actually is playing at the Nederlander Theater, which is the same theater where Rent made its debut on Broadway back in the 90s. Hi, I'm Samantha Barks, and I play Vivian. I'm Andy Carl. I play Edward Lewis. Hi, I'm Orfe, and I play Kit DeLuca. Hooray. Well, uh, before we talk about Pretty Woman, I know that you guys had briefly 
uh, Adam Pascal in your cast for just uh, several days. And as a bigger what is going on in musical theater right now question, I have to know, did you all watch Rent Live? Did you like Rent Live? <laughs> That's a yes and no question, isn't it? <laughs> I did. I did watch Rent Live. I, I've always loved Rent. Um, I think it's, for a lot of musical theater people, it's, it's a huge part of their musical theater love. Like, for me, I grew up um, listening to Rent, and that was one of the reasons that I fell in love with musical theater, that contemporary style um, of, of music and that contemporary style of singing was amazing for me to hear, and I thought, wow, that's something I, I'd really love to get involved with. And you were tweeting very enthusiastically about it. I was enjoying your tweets during the show. Oh, yeah? You, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Thank you. I'm, I'm rubbish at Twitter, you know. I'm, I realize I haven't written anything in months, but yeah. You're a happy tweeter, and I think we share a love of Brendan Victor Dixon also. He is so fantastic. <laughs> I saw him in Hamilton, um, and it was just so great to see. I just really thought he nailed it, and I think everybody totally. was had so much support for him. I just saw so much love for him, and I thought, yeah, yeah. You, you absolutely smashed it. Beautiful. I just got to work with him uh, in Tanglewood oh, right before we started yeah. rehearsal, or right where we were starting rehearsals, so we did... We did a concert of uh, On the Town, yes. which was kind of fun. Oh, and yeah, I remember. I was he so bummed well. I missed that. He's, a, he's really great. And he was right after Superstar had aired, and I was just telling him, like, man, you just killed it in that. And then to see him in uh, in Rent, he was just ama- a, a, an amazing highlight of the show. Um, I'm one of those old-school curmud- curmudgeon guys who's, like, saw the original company of Rent, and I'm like, nothing will be better than that. Um, so the, sh- the, the show, the, the, the live uh, show was, was great, but I still just have this, like, you know, love for the original company that nothing will nothing will reach. I, I understand that completely. And by the way, I was so sad I didn't see that on the town that you guys were in. I feel like I was following it on social media. And it was fun. It looked amazing. Um, or if are you a rent person or not a rent person? No, I'm someone who auditioned 25 times, and uh, to this day, people want to know why I never played Maureen. So yeah. I have my Can own. you imagine her singing I have, Maureen? You would be the best Maureen. Oh, my God. You know, the, the funny thing was well, we were on a group text. We text oh, yeah. all the time. We actually were one of the few casts that genuinely is as close as you think they are. So we're sitting there <laughs> doing commentary the whole time, and I'll never tell you what we said. But uh, <laughs> but uh, one of the things that people were like, oh, Allison and Orfe should be Joanne, and and oh, uh, Maureen, I said, you know, some oh. time ago in 2005 on one of Rosie's famous cruises back in the day oh, when they yeah. were really like you had to get on one of those. Lettucey and I did what? Maureen and Joanne. We what? did Take Me or Leave Me. And I was just, you know, we were just having fun. But I, I too, like Andy, you know, uh, Wilson Heredia, Daphne Rubin Vega. These, these are Adam. These are friends of mine. You know, mm-hmm. so being a purist, of course. But I thought, you know, Jordan is a very good friend of mine. Jordan Fisher is a he good friend crazy. of mine. Brandon is a great friend of mine. You, we go all the way back too. We did uh, a reading of a musical you will never see multiple times in Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> so he's wonderful. So I loved the cast, but again, having seen it early in previews for, you know, 20 bucks standing room. Oh my god. I have an affinity for the first cast, but I thought they get a, did an amazing job. Jordan so, was gr- Jordan's great. A, oh, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan shows up so and he's great. great. I saw him in Hamilton as well and he was yeah. he's just he's great, so funny and he's such a, a beautiful voice. Yeah, I, I mean I just don't know, you know, sometimes some of those things really work or they don't. I mean, I just, you know, you just have to love something so much that you kind of can't get past the original, but for what it was. And, you know, Brandon's number and Jordan's numbers, they were just so unbelievable 
that it, it you could temporarily surely suspend your love of the you know original cast but then when they all came on at the end that was the moment was we were all special. like crying yeah. you know yeah, exactly <laughs> like yes other than when Brandon did the reprise I like the number of uh, videos of people crying watching him that yeah, I no, seen no, we like, were all crying we I mean, were, that's, yeah, that's we just, you know, so when you had those moments you're like oh god now I'm cheating on the original cast <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah, 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 totally. yeah. yeah. I, I, that, uh, they, and also like just for my own personal stake in it when uh, that, that guy Brennan who yeah. hurt his foot during the show during one of the performances but at yes. least they were able to record it i was like oh my god that's he's he's living exactly what i went through uh yeah. for groundhog day and i was just like i just i i felt bad but i'm like at the same time when he came out and he sang your eyes it was like you could see all the pain and the and the like you know ch- championing over the fact that he like hurt himself and went through all this shit, and then and then he's able to like sing this one song with all his guts. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that's that to me is just a a personal awesome thing. Yeah, totally. Um, I didn't so, even think of that, but yeah. so true. Oh gosh, how'd you miss all that on Twitter? Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 I think I was And then Andy tweeted Brennan, <laughs> and it was, it was it was a big Twitter love fest. When, when you when you're down for the, like right at the, at the it's at the precipice of everything happening and like you get hurt and then you're down it's like it sucks but they were able to show the show and then and he, then he did that number live brilliantly to, and yeah. he sang yeah. his face up and you could tell you could you could sort of see through through the camera into the personal experience and that's tough for these live television shows to capture uh, especially in musicals uh we're all singing. It's all the songs are like you know part of a zeitgeist. It's part of singing these songs that everybody knows, so you can depend on that. But what it really takes is like digging in to something that the audience can can enjoy. Uh, and Rent is a very like it's got some heavy material in there. So it's if you're gonna go in, it's like go in with gusto. Um, you know, I think one of the more successful live shows was Greece. But totally. it, because it had this like joy about it, and the show is, we all know the, we all I know saw, the numbers. I, I but it was directed it. very fast. It kept you on your on toes. Had that like youthful it, energy yeah, of Greece. That, mm-hmm. that was it the first time really they well. brought the audience to to listen. And I was like, that's that's how you do it. That's that's the way you do it. It's totally. it's a difficult thing to do. I don't know how how or why anyone would try. But it's, <laughs> it's like every like nine out of ten times. Uh, you're, it's not as good. Well, you're holding <laughs> your breath and you're praying. It's, you know. Well, this one was an adventure, but yeah, solidarity for men wearing boots while singing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> well, uh, you know, I know that the chronology of how musical theater projects happen is not exactly do one show, then just move on to the next. Things are in progress while other things are happening. But um, I'm interested in the three of you are coming to Pretty Woman from very different places. You know, Andy coming off this amazing running Groundhog Day, which I would assume is a hard thing to think about what's going to be next after that. Mm. Um, Samantha, for those of us who loved you in Les Mis, this mm-hmm. is, and we live in the U.S., this is our first time seeing you on Broadway. Yeah. Um, and Orfe, this is a big return to Broadway for you. So I'd love to hear just kind of how you came to the show, why it appealed to you as like, this is what the next thing for me has to be. Well, it's it's funny. I, I just, it came up on Twitter. Um, I think it was Jerry had retweeted an article that was like, Pretty Woman the Musical, and I was like, 
Pretty Woman the Musical. Oh my God. I think it was like straight away. I was on the phone to my agent and he was like, I've already seen it. Oh my God. And I was like, this is amazing. So I was like, there's like, I'm just, I just love the movie so much. And I was like, it's going to be musical. I just couldn't be happier. I was like, yeah. So that was, uh, it's, but it's interesting. I was filming in London when the auditions were happening, but I managed to have that week booked off filming because I was coming to do con- uh, some concerts here at 54 Below. So it was, lo- it was great because I wouldn't have been able to come over um, mm-hmm. if I hadn't had that week booked off. So I came over um, and auditioned. But that then that was it. I had to fly back. I did my concerts and then flew back. And then they were like, great, we'd love to see her again. I mean, it's like, <laughs> she's gone. <laughs> like, she's gone. No one's, only Jerry has seen her. What? What? We need to, she needs to come back. What the, what the, what the? And then I was like, Okay, and they were like, "So you might be flying back very soon." I was like, "Okay," and then the next day I was filming. I just got a call. They were like, "You got it." They just want you to do it. I was like, "What?" They were like, oh "Yeah," they, they they just want you to do it, and it was like, "Wow!" And so it's been, it's actually been a long process, hasn't it? Yeah. It's been what uh, since the workshop? How long has that been? I, know, I mean, I know you've been involved with it before I have, but it, like last. <laughs> I can't even think. A year and a half. It's been. Oh, it's going on two years for you. It's going on three years for me. It's a. It's almost a year to the date where we stopped and started to fly to Chicago. Yeah, yeah, Almost a year to the date. And that's crazy. It's been a a minute. But it's funny because I wanted to do like I. I. I love musical theater so much. It's like really where my heart is. But having since Les Mis, I've I'd been focusing a lot on on films, doing films in England which I was so lucky to get to do, but I'd been doing little projects of musical theatre, so I did the last five years, but that was only a few months. I did Amelie um, in Berkeley, that was a few months. Uh, stuff that fit in those, in, 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 but I really had this craving to get involved and do a proper show from the beginning, and it's been such a joy. to. I, I'm so lucky to have got to make it and create it. It's always been my dream to create a role, um, and I just... I'm obsessed with her as a character, so it's it's very <laughs> lucky to get to do it. So you've been with it for a long time, you were saying? Very long time. I, I think the only person who's been involved longer than, than I have is Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, he called me one day, I'd say July of 2016, or late June of 2016, and, uh, you know, it, in true Jerry Mitchell form, he speaks in quick sound bites. It's like, <laughs> show up at 10 o'clock tomorrow, I can't tell you what it is, you're doing this. That was it. That was literally it. Showed up at 10 a.m. the next day in a room. Uh, Gary Marshall was still alive. And it was a one act of Pretty Woman the Musical, which at the time we weren't allowed to call Pretty Woman the Musical. It had a code name. It had a code name until very, very late into our workshop phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I showed up and he's like, yeah, Brian Adams wrote the music and Gary was there and I was like, oh, is this what we're doing? <laughs> and I've been involved in the various, you know, incarnations of this since July, June and July of 2016. And I know they've been working on it for 10 years. Gary, this was his passion project before mm. he left this earth. And um, I, I think there's no one sitting around the heavens happier than Gary Marshall. And back then, did you hear Brian Adams' Pretty Woman musical and say, oh, this makes sense to me? Or did you need to, like, hear the music? No, I don't ever. I've only ever done pop musicals, so it made perfect sense to me because, you know, I've always been lucky enough to do musicals that were big 
big pop soundtracks, big sweeping grand films of, you know, $100 million box office crazes. <laughs> so I didn't even blink. I just thought, oh, my God, I'm going to get to sing songs of my idol who, you know, one of the first things I ever learned how to play on the guitar was the, the riff for uh, Summer of 69. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I was like, well, clearly I'm going to do this. Unless I screw up terribly in the room. <laughs> so. it's, a, it's a life moment. Yeah. So Can I tell you a quick, funny, really funny story about the Brian Adams thing? So no one said anything about the fact that Brian Adams has written the music. No one had mentioned that <laughs> to me. So I was like, great. I was, I was just going through it, and I was looking at the music, and it said written by Brian Adams. I thought, that is an unfortunate name to share <laughs> if you're writing songs. And I thought, God, that is weird. You... Can you write songs and just call yourself Brian Adams? Oh. Anyway, then it said, and Jim Valance. So I looked him up. I was like, what? And I called my and went, Brian Adams? He was like, what? The Brian Adams? And we had this like lovely <laughs> moment of like, what? Oh, my God. I was thinking that poor guy. Everyone's going, the Brian Adams? No, going not, through not, life. Not, just poor little no, Brian it's Adams. A, it's who, another Brian Adams. He shares his name with the one and only. Oh, my the God. Other one. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I love that, like, this whole introductory process for you involved a lot of just screaming of, like, what? What? What, what is going on? <laughs> That's my life, basically. I, yeah. I do a lot of what? Oh my God. Not paying attention oh, and then going, what? Not paying attention. <laughs> Amazing. It's kind of how your acting is. Oh! oh. <laughs> love it. We, we, we kid each other. Oh, my story now? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> getting involved with Pretty Woman. Uh, I, I came on very late in the process. Uh, did Groundhog Day. Wonderful. Amazing experience. Uh, that's when I was like, you know what? I'm going to turn the musical theater light off inside of me and just like pursue some other stuff because I feel like I really have done all of what I can do. All my bag of tricks are out there. All my philosophies on life are on stage. It's been done. Uh, I feel like I've done the ultimate thing for myself. Also, I feel like taking a nap would be nice. After yeah, we, I'm exhausted. I'm still, I'm still exhausted from that show. And, you know, and with something with Rocky, it was very exhausting. The, the processes have been very exhausting. But uh, once Groundhog Day closed, I got an opportunity to do this indie, indie film that's very esoteric and sort of dealing with the same sort of comedy and, you know, true life experiences uh, called Far Away Eyes. So I got to film this amazing film for a couple months. Uh, and then I went to shoot a pilot in Oregon. And so it was kind of like it was my first pilot that I'd ever shot. So I was shooting this thing for ABC. It was fantastic. I was like, this is amazing. I hope it goes. It doesn't go. Um, and the day I found out that it was not getting picked up, Jerry Mitchell had actually called me up on the phone that same day and said, 20 minutes I'm really later. interested in you for Edward Lewis. And I had, my, my wife is in the show, so I had seen mm -hmm. the show. I had I'd actually literally been in Chicago seeing the last performance uh, and I was like, this is a fantastic show. Samantha's freaking kick-ass. Orfe is just, just blowing the house down. It's these, these powerful women are doing their jobs. And I'm, and I'm seeing the show for what it is. And, but I'm really just a fan. Um, and so Jerry actually calls me up and says, uh, uh, Steve couldn't do the show. Would I be interested in doing it for Broadway? I was like, ah, my wife's in it, which is fantastic. It all, all, all things are pointing towards a, a great experience. Um, but I was like, just sort of like turned my bulb of musical theater had been sort of dimmed. I was like, I don't know if I need to brighten that thing up again. Um, but I said, let's talk about it. So I sat down at a table with Jerry and, uh, 
I sort of went through the script of like, well, what can we do here to, to really make sure that we tell Edward's story enough to support everything that Vivian needs to go through? Because really, it's show's called Pretty Woman. It's not called Pretty Man. So, uh, <laughs> but I have to make sure that Edward's the reason Edward is around is for some possible reason other than being the rich guy who like gives her a couple bucks and she like finds herself. It's really actually for me, it has to be about the chemistry and it has to be about finding love and what is she providing for Edward, all this kind of stuff. So once we sort of went through the script and <clears throat> made sure that maybe we can rewrite this or maybe we can put this song back in, uh, that's when I was like, great, let's do it. Now now I feel connected to the part for myself, connected to the uh, part to play as an actor and it all just made sense. Like now I've got all the things that I need in the show. I've got family in the show. I was already friends with everybody. It was I'd already seen the show on multiple times and friends with Jerry and it just happened very quickly after that. It sounds like it was nothing but a great thing for the two of you to get to do a show together, but has that always been your attitude? Like it's it's great to be on stage together or is that something that has sort of evolved over the course of your relationship? No, it, we met on a show. Uh, so I think ideally we I I think we'd love to work together every day, but I I now want to work with Samantha every day for the rest of my life. I, you know, I just kind of want to just take all of these people with me everywhere I go for forever. So now I'm spoiled and already depressed. But um, <laughs> I think with Andy, we did a bunch of stuff together in rapid succession, including like out of town and regional things, and you know mm -hmm. we have a you know a concert act. And then something strange happened, and he became this mega, mega musical theater star, and they absolutely refused to put me in anything that he was in. And mm -hmm. I, I, after Legally Blonde, I, too, was like, yeah, I'm not, I, I want to do other things. I want to, you know, you, when you lock down in a musical, that's it. That's your life. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I admire the people who can get on a plane and go test for a pilot on a Sunday, you know, Monday and come back and be at Curtain on a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. I admire them because a lot of people in Legally Blonde did that a lot. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I, I, I have a job. This is what people are paying me to do. I've got to be mm -hmm. here and I can't be like 50 yeah. percent as opposed to the 100 percent that, you know, these tickets are expensive. But. For some reason, once I was like, okay, I'm going to take a break. I didn't mean to go away. or And I kind of never felt out of the loop because he was never gone. So I'm always part of the Tony mm -hmm. campaign. I'm always part of the, re you know, mm -hmm. the whole regalia of it all. So I never felt like, I don't know. It's always weird when people are like, this is Orpheus' comeback. I don't feel like I ever went anywhere. I just, the things I wanted to be in, they didn't cast me in. You know what I'm saying? The things I didn't want to be in, they offered me. So I'm like, you know, there's only so many times I can play the quirky sidekick, you know, and it's I already get a lot of flack for the fact that Kit's very much like Paulette, which, by the way, Kit and Paulette could not be more different as characters. Yeah. We're just in the same role. You know what I'm saying? We're, mm -hmm. we're in the same infrastructure that, you know, she's the second female lead and she's, you know, comes out and goes away and comes out and goes away and mm -hmm. has an amazing relationship mm -hmm. with the lead female. That's the only similarity, and it ends in an it. Paulette, Kit, you know, that's it. <laughs> but I, I, I wanted desperately to be in Groundhog Day. Desperately. Auditioned multiple times, really? Samantha knows. And uh, I desperately wanted to be in Rocky, not as Adrian. That wouldn't have even been something I would <laughs> pretend to approach because they'd have laughed me out of the room. But I auditioned, and I, that was kind of when I was like, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore because 
I'm doing it because I want to work with Andy. Like I said, the roles I wanted, they kind of either refused to see me or at the last moment they changed the, the type of the role and suddenly it was like, well, now that you've done this so well, we have a different idea for this character. And I'm like, so when this came along and, and he's in the car and Jerry's calling him and his pilot just didn't get picked up literally in the 11th hour, somebody blinked. It was supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And I was like, look, I'm never going to see you on stage. We have no moments together. We bow together. That's true. Yeah. You know, but to finally, after all these years, get to go to work together again. Long answer for a short question, but I love it. I'm I'm telling you, I take this cast with me. If someone was like, hey, we're going to give you a TV show, who do you want to put in? And I'm like, well, here's the six people you're casting, or I'm not doing it. You know? (laughs) It's so heartwarming. You know, it's It's true, though. It's funny that when you say, because I hadn't even thought of the comeback possibility, because I also feel like you've just always been here. And I didn't, I even, I was looking at how long ago Legally Blonde was, and I was surprised it was as long as it's been, because I don't feel like you've gone away really. No, because I did a lot of off-Broadway, you know, I've done stuff that, you know, has kept me in that universe. I just, you know, there are only so many times you can play a certain role over and over again. And I, I would have taken a risk doing, if I had booked the Rocky role, it would have been the same kind of person, you know. Mm. And it would probably hinder my career. I hate saying my career, my process. I hate that. <laughs> but, you know, this was this was one of those moments, and it's Jerry. You know, Jerry's a dear friend of mine. When he calls and says, listen, I have the role, you know, I have this role for you. It's for you. It's There's nobody else who can play it. You don't say no. And then you get lucky because you love your co-star and you love your husband. You know, (laughs) that works out nicely. (laughs) Three days a week at least. (laughs) I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> well, uh, I want to talk about the music because it is, as you've said, it is sweeping and epic and it's uh, either like rocking out or mega power balladry, <laughs> it seems. Um, I feel like Brian Adams songs are like, you know, so many of them are iconic and they're the kind of songs that we all like think we can sing well at karaoke. <laughs> and then and then like the reality is slightly different. Um, so I, I think that there, there must be so, like a, a challenge to, to singing his songs well. So I was curious to hear from all of you, like, 
what makes his maybe they are easier to sing than I think. But um, but what what do you think is so great about his music, and what is the challenge of performing it um, to the rafters every well, night? Well, I I don't know. I I, I think that the the first challenge is. The man sings so high, he sings higher than than I do. Like he sings so high, he'll just sing along with you, and it's like, why are you up here with me? What's going on? And so it's what? like, what's happening? And he's just right there with you. So it's like, okay, challenge, challenge accepted. And it's like, you know, and that's but it, that's why it's also so exciting because it's so like, especially when you give a Brian Adams song to like all Faye, and it's like. The, the voices never end. They just go up and up and up and up and up, and that's what the the challenge is with them. Because he really like, he really takes you there. And and if like I went to see his concert in London, and you performed with I him before, in yeah, London. Yeah, before I got to perform with him, oh which my was God. amazing. But just watching him, it's just like <clears throat> the voice never ends. It just doesn't <laughs> end. It's just like ah, like that rocky, like yeah. And so it's amazing. It's, it's incredible. Um, it's amazing to to be singing the songs he's written. And I just, I love him. He's great. Like, he, he's so much fun. I remember the first time <laughs> I met him, he was, <laughs> he came over to me singing, and I was like, a little bit nervous. It's Brian Adams. And he was just, like, jamming away with me at the piano. He runs off, comes back with a ukulele, and I'm singing along to something. And, and RMD Will's like, what's going on? And he runs off, and he's got my blonde wig on. And I was like, okay, great. I'm going to like you a lot. So, um, yeah. And so it's, it's amazing. What, what an amazing thing to be singing. Um, and hanging out with Brian Adams, he he comes and he loves watching the show and hanging out with everyone. And he's he he he's so proud of the show, and it's so lovely to have his presence. Um, he's he's always he's always around, which is so nice. That's great. I I love the idea also of him just like having a ukulele stashed around <laughs> for like when he needs. No, that's that, that's what he's like. He just goes off and he's like jamming along with me, and and it, it was just, he's just great. He's he's an amazing man. Yeah, he's 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 consummate musician. He's like. And he knows his phrasing, and he knows his how he wants a song to be sung. So, I, the first time I met this guy, the Brian Adams, the one who wrote Pretty Woman, the music, <laughs> yeah, the fake one. Not the fake, yeah, yeah. I was in. I was. Rehe- I just started rehearsals, and I had to be swept away to the studio to go sing one of the songs that they wanted to release before the album came out. So I'm singing, you know, this epic power ballad, You and I, and I'm freaking out because, like, I've just been, like, rehearsing for 12 hours. My voice is a little toasty, so, and and it's Brian Adams' music, and I'm like, how am I going to, how am I going to negotiate this? Because I can change my voice to become, you know, certain styles of music, and that's, to my credit, I, that's probably why I work enough to, like, be able to, <laughs> to basically, like, act like I'm singing, you know, rock songs. Um, uh, so he went through every line of every phrase of every part of that song for two straight hours. We were in a studio to get his phrasing right, to do what I, what he wanted for the song. And so by the end of the two hours, like this master class of Brian Adams uh, singing and phrasing, and... I was like, I came out like, holy shit, oh my God, that was exhausting. But I came out of it like, oh, I get it. Now I know how he inflects. I know how he sings. I put it in different in other songs that I sing in the show. I started like, oh, I am now singing in the style of Brian Adams, which mm. may be a difficult thing to do at karaoke if you do, if you haven't spent two hours in a studio <laughs> with Brian Adams. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there is, there's a very, there's a specific... Thing. And he's he is very specific, and he is uh, 
which which makes his music so indelible to him. Yeah. I feel like you and I like is the song that like just never left my head after I left the show. Yeah, it's but a beautiful. It's, it's yeah, so it really right in the money of the who he is. Yeah. It's, and it also like it reminds I don't know if it's like similar chord changes, but it reminds me of heaven so yeah. much that like I feel like in my head I'll have you and I and that it'll like morph into heaven yeah. and it'll yeah. morph back. Yeah. I've actually been starting to mix all the songs in the show into one. Like I, if one mm. song's going, I'm seeing a different one to sort of counterpoint it. I was like, oh man, he's so in the pocket, Brian Adams. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, since you were working on the show kind of from the beginning, did you really get to see him kind of in the studio, like working songs out and stuff like that? No, I didn't get to. I didn't get to do that. He's really quick. You know, look, everybody else pretends to be a rock star. Brian Adams is a bona fide rock star for decades. Mm. And then you see him and he's the most unassuming, affable, ukulele wielding chap yes. on the planet. So and, and and I've you know, I've I've been lucky enough to run into a lot of major big deal stars and, and the bigger they are, the nicer they are. It's like the it's like the up and comers that are usually <laughs> fraught with attitude and madness. It's like the yeah. big A listers are always the nicest, most kind, generous people and I have not been disappointed yet. I drive Brian crazy because of the specific way and the specificity of how he wants a phrase, I'm an idiot because I like to riff everything. I just have my own thing. So I'm just very lucky that he eventually relented <laughs> and let me do the ridiculous things I do. However, in the recording, I was I was very beholden and very respectful of what he wanted uh, because it's the recording and it's his music and Jim's music. And I wanted to be really, really true to it. But uh Rodeo Drive is basically exactly what he sang on the demo. Like oh. they, Jerry was like, he wrote this song, no one on this planet can sing this. I was like, you better get some other people who can sing this. You know? <laughs> but it, it's very much the demo. And because I think Brian and I live in that same vocal territory, he sings higher too. He sings higher than me too. You but are, you both but sing so high. We set. have that rocky, edgy voice. Um, so I think it was a perfect marriage. I think it was just a stroke of luck, you know, because if it wasn't Jerry Mitchell, I don't know that directors, you know, B, C, and D would have called and said, you. So it would have been some legit singer trying to sing a Brian Adams song, and I don't know how well that would have worked out. But I got very lucky. It was a perfect marriage. It was a perfect blend. I know I drive him crazy, but he's made peace with it. As have I, <laughs> you know. But again, when it, when it needs to be what Brian wants, that's what I'm going to give him, you know. And I won't take liberties. I did not take liberties on the CD. So it, it's basically it's all his. It's all his vocal arrangements. I have to ask because I, I feel like after Groundhog Day, Andy, you like you now get a little bit of a break from the insane quick changes. Mm. Uh, you get to just You'd like, like you know, to think that. <laughs> <laughs> I wear a lot. I wear a lot of like. Um, Belts and uh, cufflinks, which I, I asked for. I asked for like different watches for different. It was very specific about Edward Lewis. I started from the outside in with this character because mm-hmm. I was like, he's got to look good in a suit. So Greg Barnes, the costume dire- designer, and I just went shopping one day. At, you had your Vivian. Yeah, big mistake. My, <laughs> my Vivian moment. I was like, that. Yes, please. Thank you. Uh, we look good in the suit. Let's alter this. It became very specific to like. I want cufflinks in this scene. I don't want cufflinks in that. Can they be? It's, it's so. I like quick changes because <laughs> I'm a little bit of a control freak, and I like specifics. And I like, like I drove my dresser crazy in Groundhog Day because I wanted a different 
pill bottle to be a little bit less full than the the day before or you know and then it had to repeat itself over and over again no wonder he didn't want to address you on this show my brain was on super fire (laughs) i I live in that sort of ocd sort of like if it's going to repeat three times we have to get the joke right it has to be this has to be just the right amount of money the tie has to be specifically placed i'm going to put two stitches on the tie so i can put the tie on at exactly the same way every single day and i get dressed with the pants second so my brain sort of if I'm allowed to go there, I go there. I love. I love that stuff. So, um, Maybe you and Samantha should like trade wardrobes because her, well, her seems slightly this, more challenging. Right? Um, like, yeah, but I'm the opposite. I'm like, no, I've got no. I'm I'm so unorganized and so not OCD, but I do a lot of quick changes. But oh, luckily, God, you do. Just like. If I'm not on stage, I'm cha- changing a wig and a dress, like and shoes it's and shoes. There's one change that is actually amazing. Into I come the off, and there are one, two, three, four, five five or six people who do that change and um, Vic who does my all my wigs she she, she did an interview she said it was like you know like um, you got na- NASCAR NASCAR yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know like the Grand Prix and they come in like at a pit stop and it goes doo, doo, change the tires change everything and it's like uh, a different lady on a different foot so change the shoes boots dress underwear wig change it's amazing and it's all in like what is that change like 30-40 seconds or something barely yeah. It's like, wow, yeah. you just have to relax. I just, there's so many like the like triangles of fabric and thigh high mm. boots and running up and down fire escapes. I'm just like, how is everything staying where it needs to yeah. stay? Yeah, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of stuff. It's, it's, an, it's an adventure for everyone. Um, well, I mean, I feel like when, when you hear about uh, a musical being made of an iconic movie like Pretty Woman, maybe there's a different reaction between performers versus audience members. It sounds like all of you had a very visceral, positive reaction to this um, and were pretty immediately on board. And I think that, you know, I hear about this and I'm like, oh my God, wouldn't you be intimidated? And wouldn't it be scary to take on something that is like so etched in people's minds? And I mean, I feel like Andy, specifically when Groundhog Day happened, there were so many people who were like, how is anybody going to be as good as Bill Murray? Mm. And then you kind of blew it out of the water. And look who was better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, he was better. He ate singing. He can't. He did his own thing, and he rose to the occasion. So, I mean, I don't know. Are you like, what was your experience with that? Thinking like, did it feel tough to kind of wrap your head around how am I going to do this? How am I going to make it different? Or do you not even think that way? Yeah, I mean, just coming in quickly to this process, it was more a little bit more difficult. And also, I don't, I don't. Like I said, Jerry and I had to sit down and talk about the script because the movie, Richard Gere is very handsome and he does very good looks to the camera and he's always taking in what Vivian is doing. So there's not really a lot that he's doing uh, emotionally, emotional arcs or, you know, good for the stage. Um, So we get to sing, all this kind of stuff. So I, I still like find new things all the time. It's like, oh, what if I do this, it'll help the next scene. It'll make the the end better. Uh, but we had gotten the chunks down of, of, of how this character goes. So that's what I do with a character if it's like a you know, making it from a movie to a to the stage. Um, I've got the base. I know where the story's going. I know who the, the guy is, but I gotta take at least the audience and myself on a journey that means something. So um, yeah, that's that's the challenge is is making sure that you stay true to what's the story, what it's about, but then make it shine and 
have something good and better and and something where maybe somebody looks at the show and says, oh, I wonder what it would be like if Andy Carl had played the movie. Where, where would this have gone or what mm-hmm. would it's I just try to do is as good or, you know, add on to the story of the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, you I would think there was a lot of pressure on you and it takes a lot of courage and confidence to say, like, I'm going to do this the way Samantha Barks does it. <laughs> well, he's, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's such an iconic performance and I adore that iconic performance. Um, but I just I the, the minute that I found out I was going to be, I don't know, auditioning for it, I, I was like, I'm not rewatching it. So I haven't watched it for a few years, like maybe three years or something. That being said, it is a very iconic performance that I, of course, have in my mind. So I think I don't try and focus energy on, like, ignoring it or trying to be wacky and different for the sake of it. Because there's a lot of things that are so beautiful and, and, and honest that I, I'm not trying to think about uh, imitating, copying, or ignoring and forgetting too much. It's just you'd have to approach it just as you approach a role with this script, with this, you know, beautiful character that's already there but you get to add songs to it. So there are people, I don't know, people People are sort of, there are some people who want it to be exactly like the movie, people who want it to be different from the movie. You can't really, I don't think, take those things into account because all you can try and do is, what do I think is honest? What can I, how can I be as honest as possible with this character? And there are things that, that just change along the way naturally with, with us adding songs, with us taking scenes out. When they, when they take a scene out of a movie and, and you go, oh, I remember that scene being very important to me as a viewer, all of a sudden it doesn't exist. You're like, ah, oh, but that made me understand why she went from there to there. Guess what? It doesn't exist. So that you, you create a new journey for her getting from A to B. Mm-hmm. You are filling in the gaps. Um, and it's fun. It's so fun. Like, I, I think, yes, yes, um, a scary challenge, but I love it. I, I've loved every second of of getting to play and you know we all play every night and that is so fun sometimes you can be in people go how do you stay in a show for a year and sometimes when you are in a show it's like okay you're trying to think of how to keep it fresh but it's so fun like we play a lot on stage and it's great it, it honestly every night is I, I really en- really enjoy this show um all the little, little things that we change and, and I'll, I'll find my boyfriend will come and see it and he'll be like oh I love that. And he's seen it a bunch of times. He'll be like, oh, that's really different. And I'm like, oh, I love that you, it, you can pick up on those things. And it's even people who are coming back multiple times. They're going, oh, that bit was really nice and different and unusual. And I, I love that. Keep in when things stay, you know, fresh. Well, it's clear that you all are having a lot of fun up there. <laughs> yeah. And it's nice to see people and cats do get along really well. <laughs> we sure do. By the way, I yeah. love Bill Murray. <laughs> More than anyone on this earth Me loves too. Bill Murray. I'm just saying, and he's he came to the show and he was he could not have been more gracious. It was like Julia Roberts. You literally couldn't get rid of them once they came to the show. You thought, oh, they're going to be polite, see the show, and be like, yeah, peace out. I- I'm telling you, Bill Murray, like the the crew guys were going, we got to shut the theater. Like that's how long Julia, Julia spent Roberts, so she, much said, time nobody, with us. Nobody tell me when when people are in, and thank God no one told me. But Julia, she came up, she she came to see us, and she just. She hugged me for what, like, felt 48 like days. five minutes. Yeah. And then just embraced me, and I was going, wow. Like, I, and then we, then we spoke, but I was just like, oh, my God. And, it, and she was saying it's so emotional for her to see. Like, obviously, this film being such a huge part of her life, and she's so iconic in it. And just seeing it, and that she's, you know, she, I've, I've, I saw an interview, she was saying, God, some of the things that 
you're just improvising and having fun on set, just trying to make Gary laugh, are now iconic moments of the universe. And it's like, because that's how amazing and iconic you were. Like, we, these are the things that we get to play with. And so grateful to her for being so amazing and unique and stunning in this role. Now we get to have fun with it. (laughs) That's so nice. Well, it's exciting to meet all of you, and Thank I hope you. the show us. keeps going well. Thank you so much. Thanks. I love Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> we all love Bill Murray. It's okay to love your husband, too. Yeah, you can love Bill husband. Murray and your husband at the same time. I have to toot his horn. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag. Hashtag horn tutor. Love both. You and I, we got something going on. Pretty Woman is playing right now on Broadway in an open run at the Nederlander Theater. If you are a fan of the Billboard on Broadway podcast, please write reviews on iTunes and give us stars if you feel so moved. Uh, We're on many platforms right now besides iTunes, uh, including Spotify, uh, Stitcher, and Google Play. And if you ever wish to tweet or post pictures about how much you love the podcast you can find me on twitter at rebecca millsoff on instagram at you down with rmm and you can always use hashtag billboard on broadway to declare your love for the podcast hope to have you back next week blah, 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 blah.